Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive, right here on our website. We're so glad you've joined us this Sunday morning, and if you're hearing it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever you come to our website, this is our Sunday morning service for our physical congregation. We certainly don't have time to to have a full service with, with singing and praise and worship. We just pray that you'll put on some worship music, come to our website, put it on after our website if you want to make this your inner a situation where you need a church service. Amen. But right now, the, the, the core of that church service is the Word of God. Amen. This is so vitally important in these last days that we're living in a time when the Bible said that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but much more as we see the day approaching, exhorting one another. Amen. Encouraging one another. And in context of this last day circumstance, strongly encouraging one another in right living. Amen. In the day of the falling away, when so many are compromising and compromised the faith, listen, we need that encouragement to to earnestly contend for the faith, not just by being apologetic, apologetic, that is defending the faith, but by living the faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Someone said every Christian should be the Bible bound in shoe leather. The way we walk it out, flesh it out, and live it out is our witness to the world of another king and another kingdom, and we will bow to no other. Well, that brings us to the title of our uh, teaching and preaching this morning, being highly spiritually committed, becoming and being highly spiritually committed. Amen. This is the call to Christian dedication today. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 through 16, as well as all over the Word of God. But this portion of Scripture in particular will be our, our starting place for this preaching and teaching today, becoming highly spiritually committed. And here's what he says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, and be sober, to the and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ, as obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. This is not just words. This word conversation means behavior. Of course, it includes our words, but it's more about our in entire life, our standards, our morals, our behavior. Because it is written in verse 16, be ye holy, for I am holy. Let me say to you this morning, dear Christian, that in these days today, the scripture says in the New Testament, now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter days, latter times, last days, 
Amen. That, that, that the many would depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. That is a sign of the end time. That's what Jesus said when they asked him, when shall be the sign of thy coming and when shall these things be? What will the, what will the world look like? And he began to tell them what it would look like. And then the scripture goes on to say, now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And the scripture goes on to say concerning the manifestation of the Antichrist in, and the tribulation beginning. Amen. It says that that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And then the son of perdition, the Antichrist will be manifest. The tribulation will begin. And we know what's going to happen just before the tribulation breaks forth. And that is the coming of Jesus Christ. Not the second coming of Christ. No, the secret coming of Christ, where we do not meet him here, we meet him in the air, and we come back with him to rule and to reign with him forever. Praise God. There's a great need today for becoming highly spiritually committed, so that we do not get caught up in the current pulling us away from the faith, from our God, from our Lord Jesus Christ today. Because the Christian life is supposed to be a positive, and the true Christian life is a positive allegiance to Jesus Christ. It's becoming so occupied with Him that the values and standards of the world around us have little and should have no influence. So the missing element today is the kind of devotion that allows Jesus to be the Lord of our life. Lord and Savior. Not Savior and then negotiate to what degree we will allow His Lordship. I believe that when you receive Christ as your Savior, you change masters according to the Word of God. For Christ taught no man can serve two masters. For He will love one, And he will hate the other. He will hate one and love the other. And the way he said to deal with this is to lay up your treasure in heaven where the thief can't break through and steal it and where the rust can't corrupt it. Amen. For where a man's treasure is, this priority, you see, that's where his heart is going to be. And if his heart is devoted to Christ, then Jesus will be the Lord of our life. Praise God. So the challenge of this portion of Scripture is to give evidence of our salvation by demonstrating a changed life. Here's the bad news first. According to a Gallup poll some years ago, and I'm sure it's worse today than then because we see a a, a church uh, attendance and membership falling away in many circles, and it's not representative of just going to church. It's representative of what our values are, where our heart is. And he found that the majority of Americans, and I quote, say religion is very important to them. Seven out of ten Americans are church members back then, worse now. Two-thirds of Americans, however, hold the view 
that the level of ethics in America has declined during the last decade. There's seeming paradox between the loss of ethics and moral standards and the increase in church interest. Very little difference is found in the behavior of the churched and the unchurched on a wide range of items, including lying, cheating. There are wide differences found in behavior, though, of the highly spiritually committed. Hallelujah. Compared with those of less spiritual commitment, the committed show a much higher level of moral conduct. And using the various means of study, only 10 to 12% of the Christian community are what the Gallup poll says and survey calls highly spiritually committed. Now, the bad news is that only 10 to 12% of Christians hold this kind of devotion to God, to Christ, and to the faith. But thank God there is a remnant. You know, the Old Testament says, unless there was left unto us a righteous remnant, as I call them, a remnant, amen, a small group of committed people, we had become as Sodom and Gomorrah. There's enough salt to keep it from putrefying. Hallelujah. There's enough light to keep the darkness from completely enveloping. And we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. Hallelujah. The report indicates they are a breed apart from the rest of the populace. They are more satisfied with life because they're committed to Christ. They are, they are, they are content. Godliness with contentment is what great gain. I call that true riches because I, I, I stood in a line at Publix and I, I'm waiting for the other person who hit me to get checked out. I'm reading the, the tabloids and, and the magazines and the, and the rich and the famous are full of all kinds of trouble and turmoil. Amen. And, and, the, and the cashier apologized because they had to approve a check or something for the time. I said, well, I was just reading how the rich and famous are doing. And I said, I'm so glad, amen, to have peace in my heart. And I'm so glad to be content in my life because of Jesus. Amen. Listen, friend of mine, I'm, 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 I'd rather be part of the poor and obscure with Christ than to be part of the rich and famous with the devil running their life and ruining their life and troubling their mind and driving them to drugs and divorce and alcohol. Friend of mine, I want to be part of the highly spiritually committed. How about you? Praise God. Amen. So the obvious truth is here to, that it's, there's not a great deal of difference existing in attitudes and actions, according to Gallup, of many people who are professing Christ and those who are not. Here's the good news. There's a move of the Holy Spirit right now in these last days and perilous times to produce a new breed of Christians those who are highly spiritually committed. These highly spiritually committed will stand in distinct contrast to the apostate church 
of the last days. General William Booth put it this way. He gave a warning of great spiritual danger to the Christian church. The founder of the Salvation Army, such an evangelical outreach, reaching people with the gospel. Here's the six things he said were so dangerous, and that's religion without the Holy Spirit. Christianity without Christ. For Oh, yeah, it sounds like a contradiction, but we've got elements of Christianity that do not present Christ as the mediator, but only mediator between God and man today. And it's growing, this departing from the faith. Listen, forgiveness without repentance, just free tickets to heaven because of a cheap grace presentation. Salvation without regeneration. Amen. Politics without God and heaven without hell. Presenting this imbalanced message of of heaven without the reality of hell. In order to be part of this new braid, then, we need a new mindset, don't we? Verse 13 says, Gird up the loins of your mind. It's part and parcel of our spiritual armament in Ephesians 6, beginning with verse 10. It said, let your loins be gird about with truth. Amen. Gird up, that's what this is talking about. That's how we put on this piece of spiritual armor. Gird up the loins of your mind. Amen. We're to brace up or prepare our mind. We need to prepare and equip ourselves in our mind to cooperate with the new nature, both to grow and to go according to the promptings and directions of the Holy Spirit. Initially, Peter said, gird up the loins of your mind. Biblical times, people wore robes in order for them to run or move more quickly. They had to pick up the back hem of their robe, pull it between their legs and cinch it into their belt. The robe then no longer flowed, but rather the clothing was like a pair of pants, and then they could run. When David danced before the Lord, and he took off his outer royal garments, he pulled up this under under robe or under uh, garment, and he put it surely in his belt, just like it's described here. And he danced before the Lord with all of his might. And the custom helps us to understand God's instruction to the children of Israel, because He told them in Exodus twelve eleven, God told Israel to eat the Passover with your loins girded, and shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Why? He wanted them to be ready to get out of Egypt in a hurry. They prepared to move quickly and easily by girding up their loins. This vivid picture calls us to remove everything that will be a barrier or hindrance to moving easily and effectively, literally to persevere. Scripture said, lay aside every sin and wait that does so easily beset you. And run with patience. This is, this involves a new mindset, doesn't it? Amen. Run with patience, with perseverance. The race that is set before you, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. 
Consider him that suffered such a great contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you become weary and faint in your own mind. That's why this renewing of the mind, this mindset is so very, very important today. Satan builds strongholds in the mind. He knows if the spirit is regenerated and the mind is renewed, transformation is going to come. Praise God. Amen. That's why the Bible said that we are, we are, we are to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Amen. Because to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death in Romans 8 and verse 6. Philip's translation said the former attitude means death. The latter attitude means life and peace. The Amplified calls the carnal mind sense reason without the Holy Spirit. Amen. But when the Spirit of God is able to begin to re, reposition us, reposture us, give us a whole new mindset because we will to have it so. Amen. To be no more conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Too many Christians have experienced regeneration without transformation. And that's why we not only need a new mindset, dear friend, we need a new master of our will. Verse 14 says, as obedient children, obedient children, obedient here in verse 14 is a compound word in the original language that comes from Greek words that means under and to hear. They describe one who is hearing under or one who hears his master as one under authority. A lot of times in teaching on the authority of the believer, we say resist the devil, take authority over the devil. It doesn't begin with authority over the devil. It begins with Christ's authority over us and our surrendering and submitting to it. Amen. The Bible doesn't say resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Oh, yes, that's part of a scripture, but that's not the full context. The scripture itself says so before you even think of resisting the devil or using biblical and spiritual authority or the name of Jesus over him, submit yourself unto God. As obedient children, you see, submit yourself unto God. Resist the devil from that position of the lordship of Jesus in your life. And then he will flee from you because he has no ground not to. It's what it means to give no place to the devil. Doesn't mean just to resist him alone, but it means to make sure that Jesus is truly the Lord of your life, the master of your will. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, many of us have this problem. We want to hear what God has to say, but we want to hear it so we can negotiate and debate whether or not we will obey. In other words, we want to say he's my Savior, and I'll negotiate to what degree I will allow him to be the Lord of my life. And listen, that is not an obedient child. 
That's like the little little Johnny, as they call him. I don't know why Johnny gets all the heat. Simple word to use, I guess. He was disobedient. He was rambunctious. He was he was uh, distracting for the study of the class. And the teacher told him, Johnny, go stand in the corner and don't speak any more. And as he's going to the corner. He, he, she told him rather to sit down and don't speak anymore. And as he was sitting down, he mumbled, I'm standing up on the inside. You see, that is the problem that we're not highly spiritually committed. And therefore, we're not expressing in our life that obedience that represents the true lordship of Jesus. Jesus put it this way. You can't serve two masters. You're somebody, some, some force, some person, some influence is going to master you. You can't serve two masters simultaneously. You will love one. You will hate the other. You will hate one and love the other. You can't serve God and mammon. He did say this. He said, lay your treasure up in heaven. Get a new mindset and a new master of your will. See, and this is how you do it. Lay up your treasure in heaven where the thief can't break through and steal and the moth and the rust cannot corrupt for where your treasure is. There your heart will be also, and when your heart is devoted to the Lord Himself and the Lordship of Jesus is a, therefore allowed and permitted in your life, you're not going to be conformed to this world because you're going to be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you might prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Amen. Listen, we're in desperate need today for a resurgence of commitment to a life of obedience among Christian people, representing the true Christian faith, a new emphasis on the Lordship of Jesus, not being forgetful hearers of the word, but being doers of the work. Someone said enthusiasm (laughs) is easier than obedience, and I could amen that today. But we're to deny ourselves out of deep devotion to Christ, take up our cross in order to truly follow Him. So obedience is the key element in the Christian experience that allows God by the Lordship of Christ and the leadership of the Holy Spirit to grow us and to direct us. We will be different then. From the world. First Peter one fourteen he declared not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance. The word fashioning appears only one time in the New Testament, one other time rather, and that's in Romans twelve two, where it says, Be not conformed to this world. Hallelujah. The emphasis is outward action resulting from an inward change. The Holy Spirit makes a difference in our life. We've been saved. Having received this salvation, we're not to fashion our lives according to the world as we did before we were saved. This word conform brings to mind uh, being pushed, being like clay pushed into a mold. And it literally saying, don't let the world push you into its mold. But be ye, don't be conformed to it. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Offer your body, that submission to, to God and to, to Jesus Christ. Offer your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service, literally your true spiritual worship, therefore. Amen. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that we may prove exemplify, you see, what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. We need not only a new mindset, and we need a new master of our will. We need a new model to pattern our lives after. We don't need to be trying to meet whatever the status quo is at any any time. When many are falling away, there's a danger that we will just say, well, they go to church and they do this, they preach and do this, they teach and do this, they sing in the choir and do this. No, it's not about me and you and them. It's about me and you and him. And therefore, we need a new model to pattern our lives after. Finally, Peter called for this kind of purity in verse 15 and 16. It says, But as he which has called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation. That means behavior, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Praise God. Listen, God expects us to be different from the world about us. Holy just means different. Literally, God sets us apart to be different. It's akin to sanctification. Amen. Set apart. Cleansed and set apart. Say that with me. Cleansed and set apart for a holy purpose. God sets us apart to be different. Peter quoted a common Old Testament refrain. We are to be holy for I am holy in 1 Peter 1.16. God is holy in His being. It says, because God, because thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Psalm 22.3. He's holy in His speaking. God has spoken in His holiness in Psalm 60 and verse 6. He is holy in His work. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. In Psalm 145.17, and what are we called? We are His workmanship. And that word workmanship in the Greek is the product of one's own hands. No wonder He sets us apart, calls us a holy holy people, a holy, a peculiar people. That's what's so peculiar because we've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus and set apart unto God, hallelujah, as his very sons and daughters. He is the king of our life. He is the Lord of our life. Whatever he does is holy, hallelujah. This is an awesome thought. God is holy and we should be different just like he is different from the world around us. We represent a different king, don't we? And a different kingdom. Holiness is no illusion, dear friend. No outdated religious idiom. Holiness is not, it is not self-righteousness, but it is righteousness. And there's nothing wrong with being right with God. Holiness is spiritual wholeness. It's true Christ-likeness. It is God's unchangeable standard for His church. 
Hallelujah. That's why he says, be ye holy. You know, the Bible says in a great house in the new covenant, there are many vessels, some to honor, some to dishonor. Amen. Some of gold and silver, some of hay and stubble. Listen, but he said that we should be different, that we should put aside youthful lust, that we might be vessels of honor, meat for the master's use. Glory be to God. Amen. Vessels of honor, meat for the master's use. Praise God. Amen. Listen, dear friend of mine, God is moving by His Spirit to call His people out from the kingdom of darkness, out from the kingdoms of man, out from, amen, the king of darkness, the devil. For what fellowship hath light with darkness or Christ with Belial? Come out from among them and be ye separate. That's how sanctification occurs. Yes, the washing of the water by the word because we give heed to it, and we allow it to do that work through the Holy Spirit in our hearts, in our minds, and in our lives today. Amen. The Bible said we should be followers of God as dear children and walk in love even as Christ. That word follower of God literally means to be an imitator. That's what he's talking about when he says, be ye holy as I am holy. It's being different in our morals, in our behavior, in our values, in our commitment. We need to be highly spiritually committed so that we're not caught up in the current of this world that wants to pull us back into sin and back into self. We need to deny ourselves out of devotion. Take up our cross and be true followers of Christ today. And if we do that, we will be safeguarded. We will not be part of the falling away, but we will be part of those. We're not, we're not, we're not like those that go back into perdition. We're like those that believe unto the saving of the soul. Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus is coming soon, dear friend, and we need to be ready for his soon coming. We need to be highly spiritually committed, more so now than we've ever been in all of our Christian walk. Because these are the perilous times. These are the last days. These are the days of the falling away, the beginning of sorrows. These are the days of some departing the faith. These are the days where it looks like darkness is going to prevail. For evil men and seducers are getting worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But these also are the days of the soon coming of Jesus Christ. The conditions he described are ripe and therefore his coming is ready and soon today. Nothing has to be fulfilled for the rapture, the secret coming. The second coming is yet to come. The first coming 
has already happened. But the secret coming is just at the doors, I believe. And friend, He could come today. He could come before we pray at the end. So Christian, it's time today to commit ourselves and become highly spiritually committed. And we will not be part of the falling away. We'll be part of those who keep the faith, who endure to the end, and who thrive and not just survive the end times. And usher in a great last day revival that will result in many souls being brought into the kingdom just before He comes. And if you don't know Christ as your Lord and your Savior today, the call of God is clear. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, and I'll give you rest for your soul. Come to Christ today. Run to Christ today. Repent of your sins. Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And be highly spiritually committed. In Jesus' name.